listening to Tasmanian Encounters on Faith FM, coming to you live from Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. Learn how to study the Bible more effectively, get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going, and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, David Leo, and today we have David Maxwell joining us from Launceston for his series, The Teachings of Jesus Lost and Found. Welcome, David Maxwell, or for the sakes of this show, I'm Leo and you're Max. Welcome, Max. Good to be here, Leo. How are you today? I'm well, and how are you? Very well, thanks. Very well. Very good, very good. So we're continuing this um, the series called The Teaching of Jesus Lost and Found, and um, you've uh, you do a psalm a psalm every week, and uh, they've been quite enjoyable. What psalm are you starting us off with this today on Wednesday? Oh, <laughs> Thursday, Thursday. Sorry, we're keeping it live. Yes, yes, Thursday, the yes. It is live this morning. It is live. Yep. I'm I'm reading Psalm 41 today. Psalm 41 is a, an interesting psalm, a psalm of David, one of the last in the first book of Psalms. So Psalms consists a number of books, and most of the first book from um, Psalms 1 right through to Psalms 41, most of those were written by David. Then the second book and the third book, they are written by different authors, but they consist of one book that we have today of Psalms. So the psalm I'm looking at is Psalm 41. Let me read it. I'm reading from the New King James. Right. It says, Blessed is he who considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive, and he will be blessed on the earth. You will not deliver him to the will of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness. You will sustain him on his sickbed. I said, Lord, be merciful to me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against you. My enemies speak evil of me. When will he die and his name perish? And if he comes to see me, he speaks lies. His heart gathers iniquity to itself. When he goes out, he tells it. All who hate me whisper together against me. Against me, they devise my hurt. An evil disease, they say, clings to him. And now when he li- that he lies down, he will rise up no more. Even my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. But you, O Lord, be merciful to me and raise me up, that I may repay them. By this I know that you are well pleased with me, because my enemy does not triumph over me. As for me, you uphold me in, in, in my integrity and set me before your face forever. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. What a wonderful way to finish this first section of Psalms. David, uh, you can hear his passion coming through in those verses. You can hear how he's relying fully on God for everything that he has and when he's attacked by others. And he had a lot of he had a lot of strife, didn't he, mm-hmm, Leo? Mm-hmm. Went through uh, throughout his life. That's he right. Really struggled. You know, he had thirty years. Saul was uh, pursuing him and attacking him and trying to end him, end his life. Uh, and yet God blessed him. And through this psalm, I think it's wonderful that God, or, or through through David, God speaks of the suffering and the blessings of the godly, as as well as it contains a prophecy in here about Jesus Himself. In verse 9, where Jesus was, 
Jesus was uh, betrayed by Judas right. later on, right. as the apostles are writing, and the, the you know in the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they record that that the the that Judas betrayed Jesus, and he fulfilled this prophecy. Even my own familiar friend, whom I trusted, has lifted up, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me, and that was a prophecy that was fulfilled in what Judas did. Wow. So in its discussion about the poor that's mentioned in here, it's, it's a good connection to our parable today. So I feel it's, uh, it's a good lead in mm-hmm. to this program that we're going to talk about today entitled The Rich Man and Lazarus, where it speaks about some people who didn't make the right choices while they had the time and they ended up regretting their conf- uh, consequences. So we'll, we'll see that shortly. So, d- just give us a quick uh, back, um, review of the last um, last lost and found episodes that we've gone through. I think we've gone through about four, haven't we? Yes, that's right. And I didn't update the script on this part, but but what we've looked at is we've looked at th- things that were lost. things that were lost and things that were found. So, within the the programs that we've looked at so far, we've looked at the the lost coin. We looked at the lost sheep. Mm-hmm. We looked at the lost sons, mm-hmm. and and it was interesting that the lost sons. Do you remember which son was lost? Yeah, we ended up uh, finding. You know, and the, the story ends with whether or not the older brother celebrated or didn't. You know, and he was. He seems to be the lost one. Yeah, both of them were lost, mm-hmm. weren't they? Mm-hmm. But one of them clearly came back, and That's the right. other one. We're left with this question, as you yeah, said, as to I wonder whether he was found or not. So that was really good. And then we looked at after that, we looked at the harvest. You know, the the two different types of grain. There was the good grain, and there was the bad grain, and how it was left until the harvest. And the good grain represented the found, that those was, who were that saved. That was a great study. That was a great study. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the the weeds represented those who were lost and how they were burned up first, and then the good wheat was gathered together and taken to the barn. Yes, that's right. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that one. Um, so if you've missed out on any of those episodes, you can uh, download the Faith FM app or you can go to the Faith FM website, uh, faithfm.com.au, and you can listen to the previous episodes uh, from there. Um, also, I want to I announce that I apologize for last week and a bit of a, I made a little boo-boo on my end and we didn't go live with our, live with our broadcast. So, what we had planned last week, we get to do it today. So apologies to our listeners who all tuned in and were ready, <clears throat> ready to hear uh, Max take us through a, through our study. I really apologize about that. But, um, there's a, there's a question here that you're going to put to us, is there? Uh, well, yes, as we continue yes, so series, today, you mentioned to, that the psalm is related to the topic that you're going through. So what is, what is that topic? Yeah. So the topic we're looking at today is a very interesting parable that Jesus talked about. It's a story that Jesus told about a man who neglected his duty in this life and didn't want to accept the responsibilities of those choices or the consequences of those choices. And that can be a lot of us. Yeah. You know, we make a choice, we make a decision, and then we don't want to, you know, live by the consequence. We want to overcome the consequence somehow. Absolutely. Wouldn't that so, be nice? <laughs> so I'd like to ask our listeners a question today. And the question is, was there a time when you were warned about the outcome of your choices, but you went ahead anyway? And what happened? What did you learn? So was there a time when you were warned about the outcome of your choices, you went ahead with your direction anyway, 
and what happened, what did you learn? So I'll, I'll share one of mine. I might give you a bit of time, uh, Leo, to think about one for yourself. I'm, I've got so many, I'm, I'm, I'm too embarrassed to share. <laughs> we've got to be, I think we've got to be open yeah, and share the yep. things that have happened in our life. And yes. it's, uh, it might just help someone else. Yeah, it's true. I once had a girlfriend and uh, I took her home to meet mum and she had a little girl, uh, not not mine, somebody else's. And so my mum, afterwards, my mum said to her when she wasn't around, she said, watch out for her. She's just looking for a, a father for a daughter. And I, I got really mad and I mm-hmm. said to my mum, wow, what do you know? She's not like that, da, da, da. You know, and it was interesting because after all that was said and done, Mum was right. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing what mums know, eh? Yeah, absolutely. So we've got to be careful, you know. Sometimes we've got to listen to what other people tell us. and Especially experienced and, and uh, wise ones. Yeah, take it on board. It doesn't mean you have to do what they say, but at least listen to what people have to say who've got a bit more experience, who've maybe gone through something like this. It's important, I think. And God puts those people with wisdom in our life. Absolutely. And I think it's wise to yeah, pay yeah. attention, pay attention. I still remember, my dad's quite surprised by this, but he, he said I was uh, three and a half at the time. And in front of the church, it was on a Sabbath and I was playing on the, on the, on the fence. And it was, uh, it was an interesting fence. It had two horizontal poles that went around and joined at each pillar and they're probably like three meters each mm-hmm. so i was just you know spinning around on it and doing all these things and my dad i still remember this my dad said david stop that you might fall and hurt yourself <laughs> and i remember distinctly in my head thinking i am safe as anything why does dad think that and before i knew it i was uh i had my dad you know uh, wiping my head and doing all these things and what happened is i fell off and knock myself out and put a nice gash in my head, you know, and uh, I, I still remember that. I still remember the, the manoeuvres I was doing as well, but if only I had to listen to my dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there, there's one I, I, I definitely remember. But uh, this, that's the question. The question was, was there a time when you were warned about the outcome of your choices but went ahead anyway? What happened and what did you learn? Please uh, text through your answers to 04. <laughs> I think we're going to enjoy some of these answers. I hope, I hope they text some through. 04-88-880-891. Uh, looking forward to hearing some of these stories where we've made some of these mistakes. But um, we're going to go into song. And this song, looking at uh, Jesus as our source of life in this particular parable, is called I Am The Bread of life and it's by James Theatre. I'll speak to you when we get back from break. you eat. 
on Faith FM and we are talking with Max on the topic of the rich man and Lazarus. We had a listener question. Was there a time when you were warned about the outcome of your choices but went ahead anyway? What happened and what did you learn? Text us with your response on 0488880891. We'd love to, love to hear these stories. So Max, we're continuing your series entitled The Teachings of Jesus Lost and Found. And today's topic is the rich man and Lazarus. Before the break, you said that today we're going to look at a story Jesus told about a man that neglected his duty in this life and then didn't want to accept the consequences of those choices. So where do we go from here? Thanks, Leo. So we're going to look at the story that Jesus told, and it's received a lot of attention over the years. Some have even said that this parable explains what happens when you die. Well, like in previous weeks, we're going to use the same method. We're going to read and interpret the story the same way we've done in the past. As we've, as we've done with the other parables, we're going to look at the first century application and lesson, and then we'll apply what we learn to us today. But first I'd like to read, uh, pray, and then we'll get you to read the passage that we're looking at today. Okay, sounds good. Heavenly Father, thank you that you're a God who wants us to hear your words. And Lord, as we broadcast today, we pray that people will hear what you have to say, regardless of what we say. Lord, speak through your word and through the things we say to each person today, we ask in your name. Amen. Amen. So the passage we're going to look at today is in Luke chapter 16. And if you wouldn't mind, uh, Leo, could you read that from the NLT, Luke 16, 19 to 31? Sure, I'd love to. It says... 
Jesus said, There was a certain rich man who was splendid who was splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen and who lived each day in luxury. At his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, who was covered with sores. As Lazarus lay there longing for scraps from the rich man's table, the dogs would come and lick his open sores. Finally, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to sit beside Abraham at the heavenly banquet. The rich man also died and was buried. And he went to the place of the dead, There in torment he saw Abraham in the far distance from Lazarus at his side. The rich man shouted, Father Abraham, have some pity. Send Lazarus over here to dip the tongue of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I am in anguish and in these flames. But Abraham said to him, Son, remember that during your lifetime you had everything you wanted and Lazarus had nothing. So now he is here being comforted and you are in anguish. And besides... There is a great chasm separating us. No one can cross over to you from here, and no one can cross over to us from there. Then the rich man said, Please, Father Abraham, at least send him to my father's home. For I have five brothers, and I want him to warn them so they don't end up in this place of torment. But Abraham said, Moses and the prophets have warned them. Your brothers can read what they wrote. The rich man replied, No, Father Abraham. But if someone is sent to them from the dead, then they will repent of their sins and turn to God. But Abraham said, If they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't be persuaded even if someone rises from the dead. Wow. Thanks, Leo. That's a really interesting parable. And we're going to unpack that a little bit. Mm. Um, One of the illustrations I want to use today is one called If the Wind Changes. I grew up in a family of six young people, six children, Myself and five siblings. And often when we were annoying each other and pulling faces, my mum used to say, be careful. If the wind changes, your face will stay like that. Now, I don't know if anyone has heard that saying. Yep, same with me. That was my generation yeah, yeah. too. Now, now, we thought she was joking, but it often stopped us, you know, pulling faces just in case she was right because we didn't want to, you know, get ended up with a face that looked like, you know, your tongue hanging out or something. So looking back, we know that it was just something mum said to stop us from fighting, um, and it wasn't really true. And in the Bible, Jesus tells many parables to illustrate points. In fact, for many of the stories he told, we don't have any record of them actually being true or being not true. We don't, we don't have any record of that. But with everything that Jesus did... Some, some might have been actual events, you know. He might have seen somebody spreading the seed or sowing the seed and so well, he's said, telling oh, the story. Be a good parable. Mm. Yeah, good story. Mm. So we don't, we don't really know. And, and as we unpack this, you'll see that there is, there is a little bit of truth in it, but it's not the, the truth that people have placed on it. Right. Still, the purpose of parables wasn't really to tell a real story of something that had actually happened, but rather to illustrate a point that Jesus was trying to make, and it was usually on a spiritual level. So the parable has a, was a story that linked something that they were familiar with and they understood to something spiritual they didn't understand or couldn't comprehend, but there was an understanding of the, the, the place of the dead and where spirits were, and there was all of this, this uh, Greek mythological understanding mixed in with their beliefs. Right. So Jesus was taking something that they 
knew in commonplace or that they, they shared in commonplace and he was applying it to a spiritual understanding for them to understand a little bit better about that these things of God were all about. Right. So when you consider the parable and find the meaning of the parable, then the underlying message could be linked to what Jesus was trying to teach his listeners spiritually. Yeah. Yeah, this is what uh, really good teachers do. They, you know, they, they find a common ground. I mean, when I think of my coaches and they're trying to teach us a concept that is, uh, actually, I think of, I think of Jason teaching me how to do these things on radio. Mm. The, the concepts were well outside my understanding, but he finds a common ground, something that I'm familiar with. And then says, well, this button is like that, and this system is like that. And so when you put these two things together, you know, that's, oh, okay, I get it. You know, he's using these type of metaphors and parabolic kind of um, explanations for me to understand something. So Jesus, Jesus is dealing with life issues. Amazing. That's it. Mm. So that's what he does. So let me dive in. How do we know that this story is a parable? It's not an actual event. In example, for example, it's not two men who actually die. One immediately goes to a place of bliss and one immediately goes to a place of torture. Now, I say immediately because there is truth in some of what is being said there. And I see right at the very beginning, um, Jesus talks about, he says... Uh, Uh, Finally, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to sit beside Abraham at the heavenly banquet. If you look in the Bible and see when the heavenly banquet is, that will give you some insight into there's a bit of truth in that. Right. The one who is close to God will end up at the heavenly banquet. When that is, well, that's another topic for us to discover, but there is some truth in there. So... Firstly, there's the immediate literary context. And what I mean by that is throughout the book of Luke, we have the largest collection of the parables that Jesus told of all the the, the four uh, Gospels. The book of Mark only has five parables recorded. The book of Matthew has 21, but Luke has 26. There's one in each of the chapters from 5 to 8 of Luke and one in chapter 10. There are two in chapter 11. There are three each in chapter 12 and 15, two in 16 and 18, and one each in 17, 19, and 20. So clearly then in the lead up to chapter 16, entire chapters are being taken up with parables. and We've looked at some of those already, uh, the, the three lost things. In the bracket of parables... In the chapters preceding chapter 16, the one we're looking at today, Jesus addresses some very particular things to the Jewish leaders, and we'll look at more of that after the break. But so together with this is what Jesus said elsewhere on this topic. For those reasons, we can know that this is a parable and not a a real story, if you like. Mm. So the parable tells us there's a rich man and a poor man. In life, the rich man kept all he had for himself, didn't care for the poor man. The poor man sits and begs at his very door, at his gate. When both die, the poor man goes to heaven, the rich man goes to hell, and he's tormented and punished. So that's a general understanding that most people have. So, you know, I've heard from others, so this teaching teaching is... uh, So this teaching is about... Do we go to heaven or hell straight after death? No, it's not. That's what some people think. Some people think this is telling us that when we die, we go straight to heaven, if mm-hmm. we're good. When we die, if we're bad, we go straight to a place and we burn, and we continually burn. That's what people think. Firstly, let's unpack this a little bit. What happened to them both? Well, firstly, in the parable, they were both conscious and knew their surroundings, right? 
Yep. This is in the parable. Rich man called out to Abraham for relief from his suffering. So he's aware that something was happening. However, Abraham wouldn't help him and told him that because he'd had the good things in life, Lazarus had the bad things, now the tables were turned, and it inferred that it was a result of their experiences. He also uh, tells this man there's no possibility of making a change between you can't come here, we can't go there. There's this great gulf separating us, um, and, and we can't go from one place mm, to the other. Mm. Now, we know that Jesus never contradicts himself by saying one thing in one place and the opposite somewhere else. God is true and Jesus is as well. So just a few chapters earlier in chapter 8, Jesus calls death asleep mm-hmm. That's right. for Jairus' daughter. Clearly, she was dead. That was evident from the story. But Jesus likened it only to an unconscious sleep. Mm. The same was true for the real Lazarus. A short time after this parable, noted in John 11, there too he calls death asleep. So you're saying then that in this parable, Jesus is illustrating something other than what the obvious is with this parable. Right. That's it. That's it. Clearly there's another meaning or another level Mm. to what Jesus is trying to teach here, but we have to go to a break, so we'll come back. Yeah, thanks, Max. Yeah, leaving us in the suspense. (laughs) So um, we got a break, but remember we've got a free offer. We've got a book, a free offer later on. So um, all, the same number to your text, that code. I'll give a code uh, very soon in our, in our segment. Um, but the list of questions, was there a time when you were warned about the outcome of your choices but went ahead anyway? What happened and what did you learn? You can text your answer to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, And the book that we're um, looking at giving away today is The Rich Man and Lazarus. The Richmond and Lazarus booklet by Dennis Cruz. But we're going to get a break with a song called King of Kings by Caleb and Kelsey. In the darkness we were weak, without hope, without light. Till from heaven you came running, there was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets to
stone was moved for good for the lamb and conquered death. By his blood and in his name, in his freedom I am free. For the love of Jesus Christ, who is resurrected me. Praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three in one, God of glory, majesty, praise forever to the King of kings, praise forever to the King of kings. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tez Encounters on Faith FM with Max, that's Pastor David Maxwell, on his series, The Teachings of Jesus Lost and Found. And Max has been talking about the topic of the rich man and Lazarus. So before the break, Max, you were saying that uh, Jesus was not saying that what happened in this parable is what actually happens, like literally, but immediately when we, uh, when we die. So what was he talking about then? Yeah, good. Sorry, I didn't unmute. <laughs> I got caught. Oh, yeah, fine. Yep. You're right, you're right. Yeah, I heard what you said. Yeah, look, yeah. that's it's a great question and it's a really important one too. So mm. as I said before the break, both for Jairus' daughter and the actual Lazarus, Jesus said they were sleeping when they were dead. So that's we right. know what sleep is like. We know what sleep is like. Sleep is an un- unconscious state where we're unaware of what's happening around us unless there's a loud noise that brings us out of that state and back to a state of consciousness, right? Right. Elsewhere in the Bible, it actually uh, tells us this. So I'm going to go to a place called Ecclesiastes in the Bible, and it says it really, really clearly. It says in chapter 9 and verse 5, it says, For the living know they'll die, but the dead know nothing. The dead know nothing. Um, And that's really interesting. So let me go down to verse 10. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might, for there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you're going. Now that sums everything up, doesn't it? There's no device or knowledge or wisdom. Yeah, sounds pretty direct. in In the grave where you're going. Now in this parable, did they have knowledge? Yes. Yes. Did they have wisdom? Yes. yes. You know, the, 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 the rich man, he knew more now than he did before, right? Because he wasn't listening before. But nevertheless, he, he knew more. So clearly these two are in opposition. The Bible here in Ecclesiastes is saying there's no consciousness. Jesus is speaking and saying in this story there is. Is Jesus saying something different? No, he's not. Jesus is not saying something different because he's illustrating something different. Does that make sense? It sure does. Mm, yeah, because mm. yeah, um, as you said before, Jesus doesn't 
doesn't contradict himself. No, he doesn't. Mm. He doesn't. So throughout throughout Luke, as we've said, Jesus told many, many parables. He starts by addressing the things they don't understand or that they're doing wrong, and he's gentle in his parables. If you look at the beginning, um, they're quite, they're quite, uh, they're, they're not a direct, they're not attacking, they're not um, addressing firmly things. They're, they're, he's addressing things that are quite. Uh, easy to understand when they think about it, mm. and it's just convicting, right? But <laughs> soft, as soft landing, softly, softly. Yeah. But as he speaks more to the leaders, and it's more obvious that they're not going to listen, and they continually just continue stubbornly refusing to change. Jesus, in the lead up to this chapter, he starts addressing a number of issues, and he addresses them more directly. First, he addresses sins of omission, where the master's call is ignored. This is the parable of the Great Supper. He calls lots of people, and there's a bunch of them that just ignore him. They don't, they don't want to come. Then he follows it by a number of lost things. We looked at the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the, and the lost sons, the intentionally lost. So it was the unintentionally lost, the unwittingly lost, that was the coin, didn't know it was lost, and the sons who were purposely lost. And one came back, and we don't know about the other one, whether he, whether he came or not. Mm. So following this, Jesus addresses the misuse of his goods through the parable of the unjust steward. So he, here he's speaking really pointedly to them about their love of money. And they know it because it says they knew that Jesus was talking to them. <laughs> mm. So Jesus being more pointedly here. Then he speaks very directly on the topic of money over what's more important of God, you know, important to God. So there are a number of reasons why this parable is not a literal description of what happens to you immediately when you die. And I keep impressing that word immediately because these two outcomes are eventual but they're not immediate. We're right. going to look at that and maybe in another time, but we have, we have looked at that in the past as well. Firstly, as we've already read, Jesus himself says that death is not a conscious state where you live somewhere else and you understand you know, what's going on, but instead Jesus calls it a sleep because he's paralleling death with something we already know, which is going to sleep. Many other Bible texts support this same conclusion. Psalms 146 verse 4 uh, and Daniel. I want to go to Daniel chapter 12 and verse 2 and read this for you. Mm. Okay, so Daniel chapter 12. It's a great chapter. Yeah, Daniel is being spoken to by an angel and the angel is giving him this information. He's writing it down. He says, and many of those, many of those who sleep, not in heaven, not in hell, not in some weird place somewhere else. Those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. So it, it, it parallels these two conditions. One saved, one good, one reward. One is a bad reward. The other is a bad reward. So here he's saying that they're sleeping in the dust of the ground. They're not sleeping in heaven. They're not sleeping in hell. They're not sleeping some other place. They're sleeping in the dust of the ground. And at the end of the chapter, the angel says to Daniel, but you go your way till the end, till the end, for you will rest and you will arise to your inheritance at the end of the days. Not, not you know, when he dies, but at the end of the days, mm. end of the days, at the end of the earth. So Jesus doesn't have amnesia here. He doesn't forget what he knew about death and come along and now teach something completely opposite. 
So when we look at these surrounding topics, we see that this parable is the last in a line of parables that teaches an important, well, actually a critical lesson for these stubborn leaders. Jesus was teaching them two things, the importance of faith over things. Okay, You didn't have to accumulate things. Jesus wanted to see that the things that were eternal uh, and, and he wanted them to trust that God had provided for them here and now. If only they put others first in this life. He would then guarantee them eternal life in the future together with all the blessings that come with that. But they were so short-sighted that if the Sadducees even rejected the idea of any resurrection after death. And that's why they were sad, you see. That's how I remember it. Nice one. That's how I remember the both, you know, Sadducees or Pharisees. So it's no wonder they were focused on wealth in this life because they thought this is all you get. And if this is all you get, well, why wouldn't you want the best for yourself? Mm -hmm. And many people think like that. Many people think, well, if this is all I get, I'm going to grab everything I can because we're all going into a box and we don't take it with us. So I'm going to, you know, live it up here. However, there is something after. There is something after. Not immediately, but there will be something after, as Jesus says to Daniel. Go your way, you'll rest, and you'll arise later. At the end of the days, you'll arise and your your inheritance will come then, either good or bad. So secondly, Jesus is trying to impress on them the importance of the decisions they make now based on that faith or their lack of this faith. Yeah, I can see. So you're saying then that Jesus was basically teaching that this life is all that we get to make the right choices and there are no second chances? Yeah, yeah, that's what Jesus is teaching them. Under, under, that's the underlying message. Oh. And towards the end of this parable, Jesus addresses the concern that this man has once he understands the way things really are. He wants to go back and he wants to warn his family, but Jesus says they've already had enough evidence and instructions in the scriptures. And if they don't want to listen to that, then they've already made up their minds and there's no other opportunity to change. And and that's the same for every one of us. That's mm. an underlying message that we can read into, if you like, that we can apply to ourselves today. And even though that's a first century application, it's very still, important. That's right. still important for us today. Mm. Wow. Mm. Well, we're about to go into break. Uh, the Tell book, us about the book. Yeah, the book <laughs> I've got today is The Rich Man and Lazarus. And uh, this is by Dennis Cruz. Much argument has taken place over whether the words of Jesus in Luke 16, verse 19 to 31, which is what we're talking about, were intended to be understood literally or as a parable. Some Christians Christians feel that this, in this story, Jesus was offering his hearers a glimpse of what existence in the afterlife is like. Others, citing numerous passages of scripture that seem to contradict the portrayal of heaven and hell contained in this passage, feel that Jesus was teaching an altogether different kind of lesson. Unfortunately, many modern, many modern religious teachers have isolated the story from its original context and used it as a device for, for resulting, for scaring people. Religious conversions resulting from a fear of hell, as it is depicted in this passage, have indeed occurred, but are based on a foundation so, solely in need of the strength that comes from only a genuine appreciation of God's character and a proper understanding of scripture. To begin this study, We'll take a closer look at just what a parable really is and then examine the setting in which Jesus told the story. Perhaps then we will better understand what lessons there are for us in the story of the rich man and Lazarus. 
So stay tuned. I'll give you the code after the break. But uh, for now, we're going to hear a song from uh, Graham Kendrick. The song is called Meekness and Majesty. Well, or Max on this um, uh, for today because, uh, and I'm Leo, on the topic of the rich man and Lazarus. I promised the code to claim our free offer for our book today called The Rich Man and Lazarus. And the code, that we've got many copies to give away. We've got 10 copies to give away. So um, get in and text this code, found5, 
all in one word, found five, no space, F-O-U-N-D, the new, the number five to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. And also the listeners question, would love to, to read some of your stories about uh, a time where you were warned about something, but uh, you went ahead and did it anyway and you learned the hard way. So, David, before the break, you agreed that Jesus was telling his listeners that this life is all we have to make Mm. the right choices, and there are no second chances. Has anything Mm. changed from when the story was told to the time that we're living? And isn't there a time coming when we all get a second chance to choose God? Mm, Yeah, look, thanks, Leo. Jesus taught that we only have this life to make the choices that we need. Um, for the future, and no, nothing has changed about this. Let me illustrate. Not long after, not long after this parable, this parable in, in Luke 16 happens sometime before the Palm Sunday, you know, when Jesus comes into Jerusalem. Mm. And then Jesus is welcomed into Jerusalem on his final week of ministry before his crucifixion, and we see that in, in Luke 19. Now, not long after he's told this parable, Jesus goes to tend to Lazarus and raises him from the dead, which is recorded in John 11, about a week before Palm Sunday in John 12. And it's very interesting that although there were some who believed in him after he raised Lazarus from the dead, clearly those to whom he was addressing this parable earlier were not them. Clearly, it were different. They were different people. But the ones he is addressing the parable to, um, listen to how they respond after Jesus resurre- after Lazarus's resurrection. Right, and this is in John twelve and verse. 10, okay? John 12 and verse 10. But the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to death also because on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. Yeah. They, they, they were just... I mean, when I see this, I see that it's really clear that these leaders want to hide the evidence yeah. rather than believe in Jesus. They were just like the brothers of the rich man in the parable that Jesus said. You know, right. They wanted in the parable Lazarus wanted to go back and warn his brothers, and and um, sorry, the rich man wanted to go back and warn his brothers. And Jesus says it doesn't matter if someone rises from the dead, they're not going to believe. And that was in the parable. And then. Just a little while later, Jesus raises from the dead someone called Lazarus, the same as the person that he used in the parable. Interesting. It's like a precursor. I think, I think it's really relevant that he does this mm. because he's saying that here, here's the link. How could they not draw the parallel that the parable, par, parable is talking about a Lazarus and Jesus goes and raises a Lazarus from the dead. Mm. Now, the understanding about where Lazarus was, that was a cultural thing. But here in the Bible, it was very clear that he was simply resting in the grave. When Jesus calls him, he doesn't call him down from heaven, from Abraham's side. He doesn't call him up from some place called hell. He calls him out of the tomb because that's where he is. So there's links in the parable, but there's enough evidence there that that they wouldn't believe even if someone came back from the dead. Someone comes back from the dead and they don't believe. So there's the fulfillment of the parable, if you like. Mm. The lessons that Jesus was teaching in his first century hearers is, 
are still or even more applicable to us today some 2,000 years later. Jesus is speaking to every person who lives all down through history with this parable. No one is exempt. Jesus is telling us the same two things today with this parable as he was telling those stubborn Pharisees. Firstly, we need to have faith in God's word and we need to read and obey the scriptures, focusing on the the eternal things rather than the temporal, rather than the things that are here that come and go. God wants us to focus on the things that are eternal. That's, I mean, of course, you know, you need to live. We understand that, but not making the things of this life more important than the decisions we make here that affect us eternally. Secondly, we need to shape the choices we make in this life by what we discover in God's word. Because when this life is over, our eternal destiny will have been determined. And although we rest in the grave for a while, the choices we've made in this life determine what will happen later. So I bring you back to my opening illustration, if the wind changes. Now, I know that my mum was just trying to use an illustration that we understood to get us to change our behaviour before something unexpected happened, and, and it and it worked. <laughs> you know, he, she didn't want us to set in concrete our behaviours um, so she wanted to change our behaviour to, uh, you know, change us for the future. And Jesus has done something similar. He's told us a very impactful story here in a way that many did understand that there can be terrible outcomes if we choose not to listen to God in this life because it will have internal ramifications. So just to summarise that is the eternal ramifications either when Christ returns we're raised to life and we live with him forever, and that's where the application is true. We'll be with Abraham in heaven. We'll be at the banquet. We'll be there in heaven forever at that time in the future, not not immediately when we die. And when Jesus comes back then after that, which we talked about in the past, there will be eternal ramifications if you are separated from God and you're separated from life. The separation of life is death. And that will be something that will have eternal ramifications. You'll be eternally dead, eternally Mm. separated from God. So my appeal to you today for our listeners who are listening is don't you want to take advantage of everything that God has promised for you both now and in the future? Mm. You may have made bad choices up till now and you might be lost in the things of this world, but while you have breath, you can have hope to be found. Please get in touch with us today so we can start you on this path of journey, this 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 journey of eternal hope and spiritual fulfillment and that little book, that little book will help to reinforce everything we've said today. Amen. Amen. Making choices now for eternity. Yeah. Choosing Jesus Christ. What a, what a great subject. Thank you so much, Max, for mm. uh, leading us through that. And if you want to supplement what you've just learned this morning, and you know if that um, if that whets your appetite, uh, don't forget that we've got the book that we that we're giving away today called "The Rich Man and Lazarus," a booklet where you can do more study by Dennis Cruz. All you need to do is text this code found five. Two zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. That's a um, that's all in one word. Found five. That's the code. F for Foxtrot. O U N D, and the number five to zero four double eight double eight zero 
0891-888-891 and we will try and um, get that booklet to you as soon as possible. Be sent out to you. So Ooh. next week on the teachings of Jesus lost and found, David, you're doing it on the, the wedding feast. Yes, we've talked about that just briefly. Briefly, I touched on that today. We yeah. discover how Jesus addresses some incorrect thinking of the religious leaders of his day. Amen. Yeah, looking forward to it. And next week, um, doing the last book on the minor series, we're going to look at uh, the prophet Haggai. Haggai. So, um, if you've ever heard that name and wondered, oh, wow, what's that? What's that one about? Then uh, make sure to tune in uh, next week on Wednesday as we talk about Haggai. And again, um, David will continue his series on um, the teaching of Jesus and the lost and found. So we really hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And if you think or feel you're lost, just know right now in Jesus Christ, he can still be found. Oh, this song. This song is called What a Day That Will Be by Chosen. coming a day where no heartache shall come no more clouds in the sky no more tears tinting the eyes all is peace forevermore on that happy What a day, glorious day that will be. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved. will be
the one who died for me What a day, glorious day That will be